0: Hello and uh, welcome to At Any Rate uh, podcast from J.P. Morgan. I'm Mira Chandan from the Global FX Strategy Team. Uh, and I'm joined today by Arundham Sandalia and Patrick Locke, also from the FX Strategy Team. So taking a step back, uh, let's set the stage uh, for discussion. Uh, regular listeners will know that we have been bullish on the broad dollar all year for two reasons. Uh, the first one being Fed hiking, potentially too restrictive. Uh, and second one being uh, vulnerabilities outside of the U.S. Now, even though the intensity around this dynamic has varied all year, uh, this narrative actually hasn't changed uh, at all. Um, But developments in particular over the last week are suggesting that the tactical uh, bullish pressure on the dollar has actually gone up. Uh, Yes, that's uh, despite uh, the soft uh, inflation print from the US uh, and despite US employment data improving, Uh, That does suggest, of course, that near-term U.S. recession risks have fallen, uh, and this is what risk markets are focusing on at the moment, Uh, but it's also important to know that the dollar is a pretty different animal, Uh, and the more important development for the dollar has been outside the U.S., uh, namely in Europe and in China. Uh, So in a nutshell, uh, from a strategy standpoint, uh, we do think that the sum total of these developments uh, are moving things forward uh, to a regime uh, that we characterize as uh, US exceptionalism light. Uh, Light because uh, it's not a scenario in which the US is hitting it out of the ballpark, uh, but instead uh, it is because the dollar benefits uh, from weakness elsewhere. Uh, But let's uh, unpack these issues in uh, Europe and China, uh, starting with Europe. Pat. Uh, in your mind, how are conditions evolving in Europe?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Miro. Um, You know, so the outlook for Europe's been pretty poor for a while now. Everyone knows that. That's why euro dollar's kind of already parity. Uh, you know, but to your point, you know, the question is really what has changed. Um, and I think the reality is that at least for currencies, the new news that's still coming in lately is still pretty clearly negative, uh, particularly gas prices. Um, you know, we've known. Uh, we've known there's kind of supply risk for for a while now, but no, that's really starting to manifest actually in prices. Uh, we've had record closes this week above 200 euro megawatt um, hours this week. Um, spots currently running around 250, so that's a that's a pretty serious issue. And as a result, you've seen our economists in the UK, for example, uh, start to downgrade their growth forecasts again, right on the back of that. Um, EU data also lately coming in, you know, a little bit weaker than expected. Uh, So generally speaking, good news, you know, still pretty thin on the ground at this point for the region.
0: Sure. And I I, I guess uh, former inflation prints haven't helped uh, the narrative either. What does this mean for the currencies uh, in the euro block? We have been short, uh, bearish the euro. Uh, Are we sticking to that view?
1: Yeah, I'd say this week, you know, we have even more conviction on your own sterling downside than before. Um, we've had pretty aggressive targets in each—95 and uh, Eurodollar, cable 114. Uh, so we're sticking with those, but again, with probably a degree of higher conviction, uh, particularly in sterling. Um, I'd also add that you know, stocky is increasingly in that camp as well. Um, it's it's facing its own stagflationary headwinds. That's increasingly evident now. Um, but on the flip side of that, within the region um, is Swissy. We're still you know very bullish there. Uh, And this week, we're also upgrading our forecast against Euro uh, to 90 on the cross. So, you know, pretty clear bifurcation there.
0: Okay, and uh, clearly um, all of this, uh, and particularly firming inflation, has uh, prompted the ECB to send out more hawkish signals. Uh, You know, that's pretty much going to be in focus going into the September meeting. Uh, Do you think a hawkish outcome uh, and rate hikes from the ECB really changed the backdrop uh, for the euro?
1: Uh, sure, thanks. Um, you know, we've been in the camp that, that rate hikes aren't actually all that constructive for currencies this year. Uh, more specifically, there's this idea of good hikes versus bad hikes, uh, the former driven by you know slight excess demand when prices are under control, uh, the latter when inflation is high, but growth is demonstrably slowing. Um, we've shown a number of different ways in publications this year that currencies aren't really responding to hikes in the way that people normally associate with FX because growth is kind of continually being downgraded um, because inflation is being so problematic. Um, certainly, that's been the case since the BOE uh, this month, you know, where the focus was pretty much entirely on a bad growth outlook. Um, and so, you know, turning to the ECB, you now the fact that the ECB is hiking and that, you know, Schnabel, for instance, uh, this week was quite hawkish, doesn't really move the needle for us on euro. Um, end of the day, I think euro and sterling are going to be constrained by, primarily by inflation expectations and the growth outlook. So, you know, intermediate real yields, if you would, um, and those continue to point to depressed levels in both of those currencies. Um, so, I, I don't think the ECB really does move the needle much for us there on on euro.
0: Okay, got it. Uh, so, staying uh, bearish on uh, on euro and sterling here. Uh, so, let's let's move to China now, uh, Arindam. So momentum in China seems to have run out of steam pretty quickly I mean that was sort of the China rebound story I think was maybe perhaps uh, the one uh, green shoot if you couldn't even call it that uh, if you go back uh, three weeks ago uh, what has surprised you the most in the past week
2: I mean I know uh, I think you're absolutely right this was the great uh, hope of the market in terms of supporting global growth and Three things I'd say have come as a bit of a surprise to us and the market. First is the rate at which activity data in China has fizzled out, I think has caught most people by surprise. Uh, This was supposed to be a quarter of post-COVID reopening. Typically we tend to get a V-shaped economic recovery when that happens. That's been the experience of the rest of the world. China was not supposed to be any different. We have had a 10.5% quarterly rebound penciled in and yet, domestic demand conditions have generally disappointed. We got a notable downside surprise in retail sales and particularly services sector activity, which is where the post-reopening bounce should have been most visible. Second, um, the slowdown in real estate FAI is not surprising, given that uh, the property sector is in the middle of, uh, of an entrenched slump, uh, and especially given the, uh, the unrest we've seen in China around uh, mortgage suspension re- requests and, and such. Uh, but the fact that infrastructure FAI, which was benefiting from uh, you know, a government stimulus push, which still registered a quite solid 9.1% uh, YOY know, y- y- growth in July, it actually disappointed our expectations of double-digit gains, which is uh, somewhat concerning. And and finally, on the policy front, PBOC's 10 basis point rate cut on Monday caught everybody by surprise. You know, although more rate cuts are completely desirable in an economy with as weak domestic demand as China, the PBOC had emphasized concerns about rising inflation and capital outflow pressures in a generally uh, hawkish central bank environment in the rest of the world as late as last week in its 2Q monetary policy operation report. So the market was somewhat resigned to monetary easing under delivery this year, and uh, in that context, uh, this week's rate cut was a, was a jolt.
0: Okay, so you, have, uh, so you have weakening China data, you have the PBOC cutting, uh, you've got global growth slowing, uh, but despite this, uh, the dollar CNY target is only at 695. It does seem pretty tame. Uh, why not call for more China
2: weakness? Oh, you're right, Mira. I think uh, compared to our year-end target of six eighteen, in particular, we could be uh, low-balling uh, where dollar-CNY actually ends up. But broadly, the argument that our forecasts are tame, uh, I think there are two rejoinders to that. One is valuations. So if you are looking at the dollar-CNY move that is unfolding today through the lens of what happened in April, May, uh the starting point in terms of valuations on the cny CFEDS basket was very different uh, we had gone up to north of 107 in the wake of the uh, russia ukraine conflict back then we are now about 102, and hence the uh, valuation imperative for the pboc to allow substantial adjustment in the cny is a lot less now number one number two um, maybe in the pboc's mind also associated with this fair value on the cny CFEDs being somewhere around 100 you know, um, 670 to 680 could be a, a, a fair value range in their mind, and uh, 700 looms as a big psychological target. So uh, in our, our sense is that the uh, 640 to 680 adjustment in Q2 happened at a pace that is unlikely to repeat when you're talking about approaching that 700 psychological mark. Uh, But what I will say in the end is what's happening in China on the macro front, what's happening to dollar CNY probably matters less for CNY FX itself, although it's certainly uh, going to weaken, uh, and more for EM in general. I think uh, there is more signal to be drawn in terms of what China growth weakness means in terms of our global growth expectations, particularly global ex-US growth expectations and what it means for uh en growth over the rest of the year and hence how it shapes our dollar views and broadly dollar EM views going forward. if dollar strength, as you mentioned at the outset is uh, in large part a function of what happens outside the us, then uh, you know, developments in China basically cement the case for that trend to continue over the over the rest of twenty two.
0: Do you think that the rate cut this week, I know it surprised markets uh, and uh, surprised ourselves as well. Uh, Do you think uh, that is a signal that China is gearing up for more stimulus? Um, And if so, will it help?
2: No, I think uh, it was somewhat disappointing for the market that the Politburo meeting, which was so closely watched in late July, did not uh, give us any hint on supplementary fiscal support. So the rate cut that we've gotten this week and uh, the slew of weak economic data now reignite hopes that uh, such support uh, might be forthcoming, especially in the form of supplementary fiscal measures at the next NPC Standing Committee meeting to be held in late August. That is uh, the event that we and the rest of the market are watching closely. And indeed, there have been news reports this week that uh, local governments could issue as much as one and a half trillion CNY of uh, extra debt this year to fund uh, infrastructure investment. Um, what the LPR rate cut uh, and the MLF rate cut in uh, uh, this week also do is uh, they open up room for a five-year LPR rate cut uh, by uh, in uh, later this this month. So remember that uh, in May. PBOC cut its five-year LPR by 15 basis points, and the mortgage rates in China are linked to that five-year LPR rate. So given that the mortgage market itself is in the middle of, of distress, you know that sort of uh, rate reduction will come as welcome help, although given that most of the, uh, the problems stem from the demand side, the, the amount of benefit could end up being marginal in the end. Um, you know, whether it's the rate cut, whether it's uh, more fiscal support, uh, LPR rate cuts, I think at the end, uh, the slump that the economy is mired in right now has structural use to it as relates to the zero COVID lockdowns and the property market, I think that's underway. And unless those change materially, we think that a return to pre-COVID levels of growth in China is, is a very tough ask. Uh,
0: thanks for that, them. So um, there you have it. Uh, it does seem like tactical pressures. Uh, are rising for dollar strength, and it's coming predominantly from China and European weakness. And uh, as far as our specific targets are concerned, uh, that's euro dollar at 95, uh, dollar, C- uh, dollar CNY uh, at 695. Um, we'll stop there, please. With uh, the J.P. Morgan Markets, uh, if you want to take a look at uh, further research from us, this communication is provided for information purposes only. Uh, please refer to J.P. Morgan research reports related to its content for more information including important disclosures, 2022 JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on August 19, 2022.